Hey everyone, back again. Today I want to talk about Fanon's criticisms of Hegel's master-slave dialectic uh, because next week I'm going to be starting Glenn Coltard's Red Skin White Mask in, in which he makes a lot of use and draws upon Fanon's critique of Hegel's master-slave dialectic and this is just a super important thing to know. It's important to know for to know the limitations of Hegel's project. It's important to know how Fanon situates himself alongside Hegel, doesn't totally repudiate Hegel, see some value there, and I'll explain all of that. Now before, oh, and this will be the last Fanon thing I do for a while, I think. I think I've, I've done a lot of Fanon. I'm gonna move on, we're gonna move on. Before jumping into it though, hi, I'm David. I explain philosophical concepts and ideas and ways to make them accessible to you. So if you're new here, like, share, subscribe. You can see 300 some episodes I already have up. If you've subscribed, you'll see episodes I release every week, sometimes twice a week. If you found this on a podcast platform, you're gonna be able to find the video on YouTube, if you're into that. If you found this on YouTube, you're gonna be able to find just the audio on its own on any podcast platform, which will be fun, good time. If you wanna follow me anywhere other than here, you can find me on Instagram, at theory underscore and underscore philosophy, or on Twitter, David Guineo. If you wanna help me out monetarily, you can do that via Patreon or PayPal. Obviously, no pressure though, and you can find links for all of these things in the description. So yeah, let's jump into this. What what is what is Fanon on about Hegel? Well, firstly, it's important to know what Hegel's doing. I'm gonna explain it. So if you don't know what Hegel's up to, that's okay. I'm just gonna lay it out for you. In the phenomenology of spirit, Hegel lays out the necessity of having contact with somebody else, having contact with another conscious being, in order to develop self-consciousness. Self-consciousness emerges for Hegel. And I'm, I'm gonna be very quick about this and I'll be uh, give you kind of the spark notes version. If you want more, you can go and check out the episodes I've done on Hegel's Phenomenology of Spirit. But for now, suffice it to say that in order for self-consciousness to emerge for Hegel, you must come in contact with, be in the eyes of, be in the possible perceptive range of some other conscious being. And in that moment, when you are in contact with another conscious being, you are suddenly made aware of the possibility that you yourself can be the object of contemplation. You see yourself in someone else's eyes. How do I act? I mean, someone is seeing me, uh, I must coordinate myself to be in line with their expectation of me. And by doing that, you actually open up the possibility to begin to reflect upon yourself. And this is how we see an emerging self-consciousness. Now along the entire trajectory of the phenomenology of spirit, Hegel tells us that this opens up a kind of conflict. It's a conflict because recognition sets the tone for the possibility of self-realization. I must be recognized in somebody else's eyes in order to open up the possibility of self-consciousness which can then open up the possibility for me to realize myself in accordance with who I believe myself to be, and eventually in, in, the, in the book, in accordance with the universe, with absolute spirit, the universe thinking itself to be fancy about it, but that's not totally important. There is a conflict here though, and this conflict extends beyond the fact that I'm contingent, I'm dependent upon somebody else to provide the foundation for my own self-realization. But even within ourselves, we are in conflict with ourselves because we are at once a subject that is viewing and an object that is being viewed by ourselves. And there's a tension here. And this tension runs through the course of the phenomenology of spirit, to which Hegel's big joke is that 
While I'm not going to give you the actual final form of this, because that would be impossible in text form, he tells us that through the entirety of the phenomenology, or at least we're kind of meant to surmise this, it is this very conflict that is spirit. And it is in realizing this and coming into the full awareness of all possible conflict and all possible contradiction and difference that we can find possibly open up a world in which there is the acknowledgement of all difference and through that difference we acknowledge sameness. Sameness through difference, sameness through conflict, peace through conflict, which is, you know, go check out those episodes if you want more. And along this trajectory, there's one point in which Hegel contemplates the significance of recognition of this emerging self-consciousness in what is translated to the master-slave dialectic. Hegel talks about it in terms of a lord-bondsman dynamic, but and there are differences, but in any case, what he is telling us is a situation in which there is somebody who is working for somebody else. And Hegel suggests that in this dynamic, despite how it might seem, it is the person who assumes the role of the master or the Lord who is actually undermined in this situation, which is like, what? The, what are you talking about? They're, I mean, they have all the wealth. They, they own the property. They have people working for them. What Hegel tells us is that instead, because the master has been fully immersed in their own opulence, in their own lives, they lose the capacity for self-reflection and just see themselves as having as being complete when they are in fact far from that. Now I contrast the person working for them because they are engaging their bodies. They're working with the soil, the earth. They have an other who is superior to them that they can aspire towards. They are still therefore opened up to the very fabric of spirit that underwrites all possible living beings and all possible life and the universe itself. So in that way, then the worker in this situation, the bondsman, the slave, even though that's not the term, uh, is somebody that is opened up to more possibility than the master, than the Lord. Now there's a clear problem with what Hegel offers us, and part of it doesn't is not Hegel's fault. Part of it is the way that Hegel has been interpreted. Uh, by Hegelians who just willy-nilly apply this idea to any kind of interaction between people as though different circumstances are not going to lend to different possible interpretations and different possible outcomes of this kind of dynamic. But Fanon is critical of Hegel because Fanon doesn't think that the master is the one who's not going to attain self-realization while the slave or the bondsman is the one that's actually going to be able to attain self-realization or be able to work toward that. And that is because we certainly do not see such things play out under colonization. Because under colonization, it's not as though the master and the slave just engage in their own ways of being in the world, uh, but you know their labor is what is fundamentally different. In that setting, where people are enslaved, through colonialism, they are stripped of all of the mechanisms that actually give them the possibility to attain any kind of realization with themselves. Now, Fanon doesn't say that enslaved people are devoid of any identity. Um, part of the project, and really one of the most amazing things about colonization has been 
the ability of colonized people to actually exert their own autonomy to build, maintain communities and identities in the most horrible, violent events in history. Uh, and this, uh, there's nothing redeemable about it. This is, this is a matter of just saying that in those settings, the will of these people has demonstrated that it is possible to actually realize one's own identity. But these, these examples are, are far afield from what Hegel gives us in terms of self-realization or anything about developing oneself. At the same time, the masters in these settings are doing lots of things that would, be, that would demonstrate their own self-realization in a way that Hegel suggested could not happen. And this is because these dynamics are not so cut and dry as to say that they are just like masters who've attained like self-realization that they are totally absorbed in uh, and therefore they cannot grow anymore. And there are people who are subordinated to them who have this propensity for growth. That is just a completely ahistorical formulation of any possible hierarchical dynamic. The master is always going to be open up to different possibilities, be it their adoption of different kinds of activities for themselves or anything like that. More exploitation of enslaved people for them to attain a higher order of being. You know, this is just something that they use to justify further exploitation of people. And Fanon picks up on this to say that this is why that what Hegel gives us is not very useful to understanding colonial relations or a master-slave dialectic where it is not contingent upon such a dynamic for people to attain recognition. And Hegel doesn't say that, you know, this is the only way to do it. But he gives a lot of credit to this kind of dynamic to open up this possibility to people who are subordinated, to people who are forced into slavery or forced into labor for somebody else. Now, with all this being said, Fanon is not saying that Hegel is not useful to understanding colonialism, nor is he saying that Hegel can't be useful in understanding decolonization. In fact, in much of the way that Fanon schematizes a possible decolonial movement or decolonial movements, they do lend themselves to some of what Hegel frames and lays out in the phenomenology of spirit, where the ultimate goal is to attain a setting in which there are autonomized individual nations that are among other autonomized individual nations that all respect each other's sovereignty respect each other's own consciousness, to respect each other's own identities. And what we see then is an organization, a global organization of separated individuals in the form of nations that are all bound together by their very individuality to leave room for possible growth all together in their own ways, where growth is really the name of the game. Now, as long as colonization exists, that can't happen because colonization is a force that works to actually strip people of their identities, to make it so that they do not have the capacity to see themselves as they want to see themselves or would that make sense to them? And there's a pretty famous point in black skin, white masks when Noah is sitting on a train or he's, he's sitting at a train station and a little white boy points to him and, and calls attention to the fact that he's a black man. And this is a point in which Fanon suggests that it's not as though his identity is being erased fully under a colonial regime. It is that his identity 
is reduced to his skin. And that is a complete erasure of everything that makes sense to him in his own life. It is a complete erasure of all possibility that he could possibly attain in the world. And moreover, he meditates on another feeling that he had when he, I believe when he was sitting on the train where people wouldn't sit next to him, even though there were empty seats. And he said that he wasn't even in his own skin. He was actually in multiple skins. He wasn't, he wasn't a single person. He was like a triple person. Like he was taking up more space, taking him out of himself, making it so that he was kind of dissociating from what he believed himself to be, who he believed himself to be. And this is a harm that was incurred through colonization. There was no self-realization here. There was no possibility to actually reconcile uh, a Hegelian self-consciousness in this setting. There was fear, there was remorse, there was a lack of identification with himself and with others, which is one of the other really pernicious elements of colonization in that it separates people. Finding unity, finding possible connections with others is denied to colonized people. And this is kind of a brief view of Venot's criticism of Hegel. If you want more, you can go and check out the episodes I did on black skin, white masks. Yeah, if you like what I did, you can like, share, subscribe. You can share it with your friends. Maybe they'll get a kick out of it. And yeah, on that note, take care.